to stick one's face in the dust. It's about as low as you can get, isn't it? To allow yourself to be filled with disgrace is hard until you realize it's from the hand of the Lord, the same Lord who has promised mercy, the same Lord who will not push us away always, but has a greater plan. God does not desire that you face affliction, but it happens, and he sends it so that we might look to him and put our hope in him always and wait patiently for the mercy of the Lord and day by day recognize his mercy is new every morning. God does not desire that the people of this world suffer, but rather they turn, they hear of the God of all mercy. No depth of sin or despair or guilt is greater than the great mercy of our God, which is new every morning. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. July 4th, 2021. Lamentations chapter 3. Sometimes God allows us to see just how he gives hope when all seems hopeless. I'm sure that most of you are familiar here with the story, and yet many, I think, in America aren't, about just how close we came to losing the Revolutionary War. Just only two months or less than two months after signing the Declaration of Independence. See, Washington had amassed an army of 19,000, and he figured that the British were on their way to take New York. So he went to Long Island, and on Brooklyn Heights, he established a fortification with his cannons and his troops, and he positioned to try to stop the British from coming up the Hudson River. It's recorded that when the British did arrive, the American troops said the New York Bay looked like a forest because there were so many masts of ships. It was actually the largest known force, naval force, up to that point in history gathered against them. 400 British ships with 32,000 British soldiers. One of the few times in the war where the main armies of both sides would face off. Well, as it turned out, General Howe was able to get a foothold with his British troops on Long Island and through a back way was able to surround the American forces so that 9,000 of Washington's troops were surrounded on Long Island by sea and by water. You can imagine a lot of his soldiers wanted to fly up that white flag so they could avoid death or capture. But Washington didn't give up hope. He ordered that every one of his troops would cross the East River to Manhattan during the night. During that rainy, dark night, 9,000 troops set their way to ferry across the river to escape to Manhattan. But morning came, and they, they weren't all across yet. And still, they kept going because a fog covered the land. All the encampments in the East River was covered by one of the densest, thickest fogs. And they were able to cross because earlier that last night, there was no wind to bring up those British ships that were ordered to cut off their escape. The soldiers that made it across recognized the hand of God must have been evident as they had this opportunity, this hope against all hope to escape. So that though they didn't save the city, they were able to avert disaster and loss so early on in the war. 
Can you imagine the British when they arrived and they looked up at Brooklyn Heights and saw that the American army had altogether vanished? There would be no terms of surrender. They still had hope. Sometimes God does that where he he gives hope and shows us how he gives hope to the hopeless. What about us today? There are times when we will feel far more surrounded than they were by those troops and we will feel despair and pain and suffering and many people in this world do. But our God is a God who defies expectations so that those who hope in him can hope even when all seems hopeless. We'll see that today as we look at Lamentations chapter 3. You know, if you ever wanted to look in the Bible for a place that's filled with despair and grief, it would be the book of Lamentations. Here there are, there are five poems describing the disgrace, destruction, and downfall of the city of Jerusalem. God's people losing their home. And it was so bad, they weren't surrounded just by a, a force of British soldiers. They were completely surrounded to the point where the people in the city would rather be killed by the sword than stay in the city and starve. The description in Lamentations gets so bad that here in chapter 3, the writer ends up saying, My endurance has vanished, along with my hope from the Lord. Can you imagine such a, a crushing defeat as what they faced? There will be times when God's people also face defeat. I think the hardest thing, though, is we can't push that defeat, that despair aside and stave on with hope without something from our God. Some people try to deal with their pain or their suffering by saying, well, at least God is in control. Well, that's true when you're still surrounded and despairing. God is still in control, and he's the one that's sending the trouble or the pain. The people in Jeremiah's time and the other people during the time of the exile, they knew that this suffering was from the hand of their God. That has to be the hardest thing. Yes, God is in control, but the same God who holds nations in his hand and who is in control brings suffering on the people of this world. And yes, suffering and pain to the lives of his people. That makes facing our troubles hard. How much the more when we realize who are we to say that we don't deserve suffering from God. Picture the man who finds himself facing a great ordeal of suffering and he realizes it's his own fault. And that when God brings pain and punishment in his life, how does he deal with it? Or picture the woman who's in her life made a few mistakes that she feels guilty for and her life is suffering because of it. How does she escape the knowledge that the pains that came her way were probably from the hand of her God and probably she doesn't deserve any better. What about you? We don't have a promise to be free from suffering. Rather, what we read earlier, expect a cross and pains. The Apostle Paul himself, as we read, faced many trials because he followed Jesus. And as Christians, we recognize that suffering comes from the hand of our God. How could we ever stand before him when we realize the sins we've committed and that we ought to be consumed by him because of our sin? 
Well, the people aren't left without hope. If you know someone who's facing guilt, pain, despair, or if you are facing guilt, pain, or despair, here are not only the, the bleakest and saddest words in Scripture, this grief of lamentation, but also some of the most powerful words of comfort. Comfort for you and any who look to the Lord that might be facing a loss of hope or hopelessness. Here it says, This is the reason I have hope. By the mercies of the Lord, we are not consumed, for his compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, our hope does not lie in some general or leader of this world. Our hope does not lie in ourselves trying to eke our way through life and make it past the pains. Our hope is this, the Lord is merciful. And because of his mercy, we know we have hope. It says here, they are new every morning. Daily we sin, daily we struggle with our own guilt, and daily God brings his mercy into our life. Whatever it is that might be troubling your heart or erasing hope, let these words bring comfort. God's mercy does not allow us to be consumed. In fact, God's mercy is new every morning. Day after day, though we might fall back into sin or guilt, God's mercy covers us. And we know that will be true every morning because it says, great is your faithfulness. It's not just a fog hiding us from our enemy. It is the mercy of God sparing us from destruction that we deserved. And so it goes on. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good to hope quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I will put my hope in him. Hope is faith looking forward. It is facing the pains and the sufferings of this life, but not losing sight of what God has promised and what God gives. Because we have this great mercy of God, we in faith look to our God in hope, no matter how bleak or hopeless things might become in our life, even to the point of facing death. Remember how they laughed at Jairus' family? They laughed at Jesus because it seemed so hopeless when she was dead. But our God brings mercy, mercy which no one can ever lose and ever lose sight of that hope of a God who conquers even death. So the Lamentations continues. How do we respond when we face suffering? We don't lose hope, but rather, it is good, good for a man that he bears a yoke early in his life. Let him sit alone and be silent because the Lord has laid this upon him. Let him stick his face in the dust. There's still hope. Let him turn his cheek towards the one who strikes him. Let him be filled with disgrace. For the Lord will not push us away forever. Brothers and sisters, you will face sufferings. You will face grief. And sometimes it will even, as this says here, cause us to lose hope from the Lord. But put your hope in the Lord. And when that suffering, when that pain, when that trial comes, humble yourself under it. Says. Here the, the lamentation is a, a call really for repentance. 
to stick one's face in the dust. It's about as low as you can get, isn't it? To allow yourself to be filled with disgrace is hard until you realize it's from the hand of the Lord, the same Lord who has promised mercy, the same Lord who will not push us away always, but has a greater plan. It says, even though he brings grief, that is, it's from God's hand, he will show compassion on the basis of his great mercy. How true we know this is, that God shows us compassion and is merciful. He sent us hope. The hope that he gave us covers us. It's the blood of his Son. He became our hope as Jesus, the Son of God, came, and so that you and I might not be consumed under our sin. He was consumed in our place. And he took that wrath that we deserved, crying out to the Father, Why have you forsaken me? As the Son of God stepped in your place because of his mercy to spare you from the consuming power and holy wrath of a God who punishes evil, but took that punishment off of us. And it says here in verse 32 or 33 finally, Certainly, it is not what his heart desires when he causes affliction, when he brings grief to the children of men. God does not desire that the people of this world suffer. God does not desire that you face affliction. But it happens, and he sends it so that we might look to him and put our hope in him always and wait patiently for the mercy of the Lord and day by day recognize his mercy is new every morning, the God who took our place. And we know that's true because the same Jesus who gave his life for you came to life on the third morning. And every morning since, you can be sure, his mercies are new day after day. The living Jesus says, Father, forgive. Father, shower them with mercy. And he is faithful. He holds that promise for you. There are many people in this world facing great tragedy. I'm sure near despair. Those who are in nations torn by war. Those who are facing trauma those who are facing abuse, those who don't have a home or a family, many who are about to lose despair. But we know, and you can share, the glorious gospel message. God does not desire that the people of this world suffer, but rather they turn, and that though they face for a time affliction, they hear of the God of all mercy, the God who does not consume them in his anger, but delivers them in his mercy. I'm sure that a lot of Washington's troops did want to surrender, but they got to see how God operates. God gives us hope, even when all seems hopeless. No depth of sin or despair or guilt is greater than the great mercy of our God, which is new every morning. When you face your greatest trial, even to the point where you're about to face death, remember, every morning His mercy is new. And the same Jesus who raised Jairus' daughter will raise us on the last day. And every morning will be filled with his great mercy and faithfulness into eternity. So when you face a hopeless situation, defy expectations. Hope, even when all seems hopeless.